0: this podcast should not be considered as medical or financial advice if you are looking for medical or financial advice please contact a licensed professional but do find someone that has brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today this is the collective resistance podcast with your host leo and fabiola We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective as well as why the common collective resists new information.
1: The rich ruling class has used tribalism, a primitive caveman instinct, to their advantage since the beginning of time. They use it to divide and conquer us. They drive wedges between us, peasants, and make us fight each other. So we won't rise up against our ruler and fight them. You can observe the same old trick everywhere in America today. Red states and blue states are fighting. Christians and Muslims are fighting. Men and women are fighting. Baby boomers and millennials are fighting. Black people and white people are fighting. That doesn't just happen all by itself. There are always voices instigating these fights. Oliver Marcus Malloy.
0: I got to thinking about something the other day. I was a bit perplexed. I noticed that I had mentioned in conversation to several different people that I wouldn't be getting the shot and not one of them was curious as to why. Some didn't say anything, and the subject quickly transitioned. Some told stories about their experiences getting their shot. Then there were those that were quite boisterous and quick to lay down negative judgment on my decision. But even the self-righteous had zero curiosity. I wondered why that was. You see, I'm naturally curious. I genuinely want to know how people come to their conclusions, especially with those things that require large groups to be on board with the same thinking. I want to know what pieces of the debate are the most important to them. I want to know why the other things fall down in the list. I want to know what part of the conversation is off limits. I especially want to find out where my hairs start to stand up when they voice certain beliefs. There was actually a course I sat in on some years ago uh, that uh, coined the phrase, that's where the juice is. What's the juice, you might ask? The juice is where things are happening inside you. It could be conflict, passion, fear, disdain, angst. It's where the knots of neurons are firing in six different directions and your throat is preparing the vocal cords for what could erupt at any moment. The juice is also where we can know there is work to be done where there are things to understand. It's where we get to know that we aren't going to be able to convert anyone to our way of thinking, and that's okay. It's not really about that. The juice is about understanding why we believe what we believe. It isn't for anyone else. It's your soul telling you there's something going on here and you need to assess it for better understanding. But here's the thing. People aren't told what the juice is. And because of that, they mistake it for knowing. They can often think they are too good to engage with the differential, to bathe in the nuance and what doesn't fit. And that's where we find ourselves trying to engage around what doesn't fit versus ignoring what is inconvenient. But then sometimes there are moments that happen with even the most unexpected players. The lessons happen on both sides if we are actively engaging and every once in a while it clicks fabiola how are you doing tonight
1: fantastic
0: well first of all i just want to get some housekeeping out of the way uh this is our 30th episode
1: woohoo and the third (laughs) take of the 30th isn't
0: that crazy we 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 have never re-recorded an episode i don't believe no, no, and and this is the third take. Yes, and it's so fitting that the final episode of the third season would take three takes, and who knows, maybe it'll take more. But at least at this point, we think that we could probably have it perfected this time.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that we're we're good. Uh,
0: you know, as uh, as of this um, recording, we are um, being listened to in countries all around the world. Uh, you know, we've had some close to sixteen hundred. Listens overall in the thirty episodes that we've done the last nine months, and uh, you know we've had people in Germany, Australia, Canada, Mexico, uh, many South American countries. Um, you know, I think Aust- all the- Australia. Australia. I think altogether it was like uh, some twenty-two countries. Um, not not saying that we've have, have a wealth of people in all these countries, but <laughs> do, you know, we, do. We, we we do have pockets spreading of,
1: like fire
0: of listeners, and uh, you know, I, I think when we set out on this journey we really just kind of wanted to create a time capsule. We wanted to uh, create something that could be non-confrontational where maybe our loved ones and our um, friends could maybe get a better understanding of where we're coming from because sometimes it can be hard to engage with people face to face. So, you know, here's a a forum where they can kind of understand where we're, uh, you know, we're putting together what we're putting together uh, without having to have any conflict or anything of that nature. And it just so happens that we have uh, in the process, uh, you know, reached some other people around the world. And that's a cool thing.
1: It is a super cool thing.
0: Um, and by the way, 22% of those 1600 listens, um, which was about 350 of those or so, uh, those actually just happened within the last 30 days. So, you know, we're we're exponentially growing. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. small ex, exp just like crypto. <laughs> just like crypto and on that note, <laughs> great segue by the way. Um, you know, I, I think I'm slowly uh, wanting the cryptocurrency Hex to be the cryptocurrency of the Collective Resistance Podcast. Uh, yes. So soon we'll, if we If you
1: want to donate some Hex. Hex,
0: yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I it, mean,
1: we take anything at this point.
0: And we, we have mentioned Hex uh, a few times in our Telegram group. So if you're not following us on Telegram, then please do so. And uh, Hex, if you're unfamiliar with it, It is a uh, um, ERC-20 token that runs on the Ethereum blockchain. It is a smart contract that operates a DeFi application that um, essentially is a certificate of deposit on the blockchain. So it's a cryptocurrency certificate of deposit. uh, So you can lock your funds up and actually make interest on them like you would a COD In a normal banking institution, the main difference is, is that you make much higher returns than you make in the bank. It's something like, you know, 15 to uh, 40% uh, is what you would make on those as opposed to, you know, a fraction of a percent at at a regular bank. So uh, I did mention it was 25 cents uh, about a week ago, it's already at about 38 to $0.40 here just a few days later, uh, expecting great things. Again, it's not financial advice. I would just tell you to check it out. And Mm -hmm. uh,
1: And if you don't know anything about crypto, we have an episode, Crypto for Dummies. I can't remember what you named it. It
0: was called Got Crypto.
1: Got Crypto, yes. And it kind of gives you a basic understanding of what it is and how to get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, we have a great resource on that that uh, invited us actually to a Telegram crypto group that introduced us to Hex. And so, you know, if you want to connect more dots, then uh, I don't see any reason why anyone else can't join that group. So let us know if you have interest in that. Um, Well, Fabi, what are we doing today on this third go-round on this episode? (laughs) Why is this taking three go-rounds?
1: I think that it is a harder um theme than what we've done in the past if you can believe that i mean we we took lots of deep dives on you know scientific papers and studies and we talked about so much that was pretty technical what should i say technical yeah that works but now we're getting more to the emotional part of the whole conversation (laughs) And so, well, what do you
0: what do you mean when you say emotional? Why, why why is it emotional? I mean, we're just doing episodes like we've always done. So, what, what what's emotional about this particular episode?
1: Oh, because we, um, I wanted to have real conversations with real people. Even though we can do face to face, I wanted to talk to my friends that are maybe on the other side or and get their take of. What they think is going on. Seek to understand. Seek to understand. Be curious. Ask them all the questions that I wished people would ask me. Um,
0: and so you kind of create a survey, if you will.
1: Yeah, a little survey, and I talk. I've reached out to a, a few friends, uh, friends that I respect and love, uh, from different age groups, and just trying to connect the do- dots and see. Where we can find union and reconciliation in such a divided time in our history?
0: Yeah, reconciliation—good word for this episode. I think that's what we're coining it. Correct. I think that's what we're going to name this. This, this episode mm-hmm. is reconciliation. Um, and I think it it just comes to mind because you know there there is data um, that needs to be reconciled, and I think that that's the challenge. Is that right now we have all this data that's like um, uh, the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. right but it is not being reconciled and so uh, we want to we want to do some reconciliation uh but at the same time we want to understand as well mm-hmm. and and see if there are things that we need to reconcile right uh, on on our side and i think that after and by the way um these uh these surveys that, that you put out uh these were text responses there were a couple of them that were done via Zoom video mm-hmm. conference. And uh, uh, it wasn't like we were Rasmussen, you know, sending out hundreds of these. We, we It was probably, what, eight or nine, maybe 10 uh, mm-hmm. requests that you put out, and then you got you got uh, information back from uh, maybe half of those.
1: Yeah, about
0: those. 60, 60%. 60% or so. So, I mean, again, this would be what would be called anecdotal, but still it was interesting. And because these people are, you know, within our circles, you know, mm-hmm. we, we feel like we... We have somewhat an understanding of how um, their brain works, just from you know having relationships with them. But um, there's so much more to learn because yeah. of this one topic. Since yeah. you know, how can we get along so well in life, but then be so different on this particular topic?
1: Yeah, the realization really was that. I mean, we knew that already, that the news that one person gets is not the same as the news another person gets. We are, There's so many different sources of news to stay besides mainstream media. And some people still in older generations seem to still choose uh, mainstream, but they look at other things too. Our generation is kind of in the middle where we dabble on both. And then we have the younger generation that's... Um, also dabbling in the mainstream news a little bit, but it seems like they're a little more, um, you know, they have the social media part, right? They're techie, especially in times that schools have closed. You know, they had to rely more on technology to be able to stay connected.
0: Definitely. Okay, so where are you taking us?
1: So we are going to start with a fabulous friend I have. So a little bit older than I am. She sat down with us. We did a, a lovely Zoom um, interview. She's fabulous. And I just wanted to get her take and her point of view on, on some critical topics.
0: In this first clip, uh, you're kind of posing the question of, of what is her understanding of how the vaccines work?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Okay. Shall we go ahead and play? Yeah. All right.
1: Um you were talking about vaccines in general so what is your understanding of how these vaccines specifically how do they work?
2: well they are being effective especially the two ones that have been approved lately and I was happy when I heard that they were they were approved.
3: I don't know what it's going to change
2: two were approved. Yeah, two, are you, you Priser, two were approved. You said Yeah, Pfizer and uh, Moderna. The one that I took <laughs> has not been approved. So there is already a, a third boost, bo- bo- uh, booster. And I don't know what is going to happen in my case, but I hope they find something for me. Do you because know I, the
1: difference between the
2: three? Do you um, know the differences between the three? Um, there is the... the, the the case of stem cells MR, mra there's a, a system that you know i mm-hmm. i decided to leave this to to the scientists i they tell I'm me
1: scientists do you know the ingredients in them do you know what ingredients are in no. the, included in them no, no i don't okay yeah, so this was my fabulous friend and we were talking about the vaccine and how her understanding of the vaccine. And she did uh, pose, I mean, she did say that, um, you know, it's not her expertise. And she, we'll have another clip of her uh, expanding a little more. But I just wanted to clarify, only one of the vaccines has been approved, which is the Comirnaty from Pfizer is not yet available in the U.S. Um, is still, I guess, being manufactured. Mm-hmm. It is a different.
0: It's a different uh, version. They say it's the same uh, formula, but it is distinct. And mm-hmm. so, from
1: the current
0: Pfizer vaccine, Pfizer
1: vaccine we have on the shelves today. So that vaccine we have on the shelves in this country today is still not an approved product.
0: Yeah, it's it's under the uh, the emergency use authorization.
1: And if you want more information i believe our previous episode we talked about the approval and about the distinct products and every everything that you need to know about that and she also on our long conversation spoke about how she believed the vaccine was sparing lives She believed that it was, um, and this is how I consume it because there is that too, right? I listened to the interview several times and every time I listened to, I digested a little bit differently, but from what I consume, she believed that it was saving many lives and she also believed that there were more, actually everybody that we pretty much spoke to believe that there is a, um pandemic of the unvaccinated and the unvaccinated are getting sick versus the vaccinated are not getting sick. And that was kind of their observation where they are. And we are having the opposite observation where we are from our point of view. And we have been seeing a lot of news around um, the, the opposite of that,
0: Like Israel specifically, mm-hmm. most vaccinated nation. And they're seeing, you know, by far, um, you know, I think it was like 70 to 80% of their, mm-hmm. um, hospitalized cases were in the vaccinated and, uh, you know, they're getting ready. They're doing the boosters, I think right now. Um, and then, uh, they even had the vaccine czar saying that, uh, there would be a fourth shot as well for them. Um, oh, really? so yeah, so really interesting stuff happening over there. Um, so, anyway.
1: Yes. And the other thing that we discussed it was about deaths and about VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Reaction uh, Reporting System. Uh, and she wasn't aware that that existed, but we talked a little bit about reactions. And she understands the shot is experimental. Uh, she believes the reactions are extremely rare. And we wanted to shed a little more light on. Of theirs, and we wanted to shed a little more lives in um, the adverse reaction numbers, Uh, and especially when it comes to children, because we have children, and so we are very vigilant to keep them, you know, protected and, and safe. And it seemed like she believed a little bit that there were a lot of deaths from children. Versus reactions from the vaccine. So we're going to play just a a video from Glenn Greenwald. She, he was actually talking about um, uh, risk analysis in comparing COVID vaccines or COVID deaths. Not even the vaccines. He was comparing the pandemic and the numbers of deaths in the pandemic versus of uh, car accidents, the CDC has had come out with a report in December of 2020, speaking of deaths in car accidents being the leading cause. So it was a leading cause of death and injury among children and young adults.
3: The costs of COVID itself are often wildly misstated wildly exaggerated, especially when it comes to children. And all you have to do to know that is look at the data from the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, the most recent data that we have on their website as of today, as I make this video. Here's their page from August 18th, entitled Provisional COVID-19 Deaths by Sex and Age. So it's counting how many people are dying from COVID with the Delta variant in the Delta environment by age and by sex. Here is a chart that is incredibly revealing. It counts the overall number of deaths from COVID in the United States, starting from January 1st, 2020, all the way through August 14th, 2021. So about five days ago, six days ago. Very, very recent data that obviously includes the Delta variant. For children under one years old, in a country of 330 million people, the total number of deaths is 89, 89 from COVID. For children zero to 17, so every non-adult in the United States, the total number of deaths from COVID, 361, 361. You go down the list, one to four years old, 45 people total throughout the whole pandemic in the United States have died. 5 to 14 years old, 123, 123. 15 to 24 years old, you got into the older age group, still just 1,078. Now it's true more children are being hospitalized and when you open the society more, but the death toll is very small. And so when you look at the actual effects and people say, well, we don't know the long-term effects of COVID on children. That's true. We also don't know the long term effects of the vaccines that we're taking because, by definition, they can't be tested. But what we know is the data. And we know that the chances, even with Delta, even now, of children dying from COVID are extremely small. But the cost on their emotional well being, their psychological health, their developmental abilities, their social abilities, Their emotional fulfillment, their ability to be happy at home, their financial future, all of which is being devastated the more we keep schools closed, the more we keep the society locked down. This chart shows very starkly the extreme correlation by age. It shows that if you take 18 to 29 years old, that age group, as the reference group, if you are... 85 or more years old, you are 15 times more likely than that age group, 18 to 29, to be hospitalized, nine times more likely if you're 75 to 84, and six times if you're 65 to 74 and it goes down. And if you're zero to four or five to 17, you're less than one time as likely as this already pretty invulnerable group of 18 to 29. Deaths deaths from COVID are way, way more stark from an age perspective. If you're 85 years old, you're 600 times more likely to die of COVID than the 18 to 29 group. If you're 75 to 84, 230 times more likely. 65 to 74, 95 times more likely. And then you go to the children. And again, with that reference group of 18 to 29s who aren't dying very, at a very high rate, it's less than one time. So COVID is still very much, with Delta, a disease that is overwhelmingly killing very old people and people with comorbidities, and very rarely killing children, which of course doesn't mean we assign zero value to it, but it certainly means that we shouldn't exaggerate the likelihood that if kids go to school, they're gonna die of COVID or end up in the ICU. The chances are extremely small compared to the cost that we're in some sectors supposedly not permitted to, to discuss or analyze for some reason.
1: It's starking, huh? So, I wanted to look, also, uh, give some data here about VARES after what Glenn reported. So, he's saying children are, um, the numbers are so small of children um, dying from COVID. And I wanted to put this in perspective with what the VARES data is showing. So, data released uh, at the beginning of this month. For adverse reactions. So, first we had Glenn CDC data uh, on deaths, and here is what is in there. So, data released early August uh, reports a total of 545,338 total adverse events, including 12,366 deaths, an increase of 426 over the previous week. There were 70,105 reports of serious injuries, including deaths, during the same time period. So up to seven, um, 7,000 compared with the previous week. And we are going to share all those links in the show notes. So if we look at percentages, um, so found 546,338 reports, so deaths, uh, the percentage is 2.27%. So, if we look at statistics of uh, COVID survival rates for most people, you have a 98.9% recovery rate. And here, there. You, you mean if you're looking across all groups? Yes, right. across all. Most yeah, when the older you get, right. As, I mean, as if you if you're, if you're talking to reported, younger people, it's
0: it's it's damn near 100. Yes, yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, the older you are, of course, the higher the probability that you will get sick and have complications. But if we're looking overall, deaths from the vaccine are 2.27 percent, so higher than the the disease itself. So here we need to analyze cost-benefit a little bit better here. Uh, permanent disabilities, 2.8, 2.61%. Emergency emergency rooms, um, it says it's very it's very rare, actually. It's 0.01%. Uh, let's see, is that right? Emergency room, oh, sorry, 12.47%. Emergency rooms, visits after the vaccine, hospitalized, 8.42%. Prolonged hospitalizations, only 0.02%. Recovered, 34.02%. There's some birth defects in there, uh, some life-threatening reactions, you have 2.24%. And not serious reactions, you have 40.26 percent. So all that data is in the Defender Children's Health Defense News and Views platform, and we'll share the link with you guys. But just to give you perspective, we talk about data, and I heard from a lot of people that they believe the data was really clear of who was dying and who was not dying based on vaccination. And here, it really seems to like acquiring the disease and overcoming it is seems like a better outcome than um, going the vaccination route.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think as a as a father, you know, I look at my child specifically because that's kind of what we're we were talking about out of that clip with with Glenn, and uh, you know, something that when we were listening to um, you know our friend talk, it was kind of like. It's an either-or situation. It's like you're either getting the vaccine and dealing with the risks or and or benefits of that, or you're dealing with the getting the um, the uh, disease and, and dealing with the uh, 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 you know whatever you run into with that. So it's it's one or the other. And really, I, I we didn't obviously have this conversation, but I'm thinking, well, you know, there's a third option, and there's that you don't get sick, yes. <laughs> and 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 I think that that is a um, that is a reality for most kids. Is they're not going to get sick, even if they come into contact with it, even if they, I'm again using air quotes liberally, contract it. They're not going to have symptoms or anything. Uh, so you know, to purposely inject with something that your body's going to have to. Uh, uh, deal with one way or another you know Mm -hmm. then opposed
1: to maybe getting the disease or not getting the disease
0: yeah well i mean it it just seems like yeah we won't know and 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 again i think i think it still does come back to that that unknown around or i shouldn't say unknown i mean the the belief that we have that there are um safer treatment methodologies you know that Mm -hmm. that have longer safety track records and stuff (laughs) like that where that's the disconnect right is that on the narrative side, they're saying there is nothing else that's effective, which we heard over and over again from people that this is what we have yeah. is the vaccine.
1: Yeah. Um, and when what we really have is our immune system.
0: Well, yeah, we have our immune system. We have uh, our lifestyle choices. We have uh, uh, so you know the, the we have ivermectin. We have hydroxychloroquine. We have. Um, you
1: dare say? Oh my hearts. gosh! I
0: do. I know. I'm going to be struck struck down. Um, this
1: horse medication.
0: Oh, yeah. Horse-based. How dare you. horse based. Yeah. But anyway, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, if those things are in the equation, then the choice to get the vaccine is not so simple. Mm-hmm. But I can see, though, I can see that if you see those things as non-starters, then the vaccine conversation does seem different. Yeah. You know, it does seem different. But but how does somebody who has consumed the information on those things, how do you toss that information unless somebody disproves it? Yeah. You know, I, I just that, that that that's the the gap.
1: And we we're being bombarded with information, right? And in headlines are extremely well done in the ivermectin horse medication, for example, that What's happening in Texas, and that's been in the, in the headlines, and we know that have been what, over eighty-eight thousand or million prescriptions that. Well, some- well
0: the, yeah, there, there was a, a headline that that uh, the prescriptions of ivermectin, you know, there's the typical prescription load that happens just from, you know, uh, parasitic infection and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and uh, they've seen an 88,000 per week increase. Oh,
1: 88,000 per, per week,
0: week increase. increase. Uh, so, you know, it's becoming harder to get. In fact, I tried to do that mock exercise of going through the American Frontline Doctors website to get prescribed it. And... Uh, they basically came back and told me, "Look, we're canceling your appointment because w- oh, due to overwhelming demand, we mm-hmm. can't we can't meet you." And and they said, "You know, if you still really need it and you're still having symptoms, then you know, resubmit again." Mm-hmm. But, but
1: because uh, you're not having symptoms,
0: yeah, I wanted it for prophylactic use, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, but but I mean, just interesting. I mean, there, there's definitely a a surge in interest around that. Yet we still can't talk about it, you know. And and I, I think to me. The, the whole thing around the FDA putting that tweet forward with the horse and saying, you are not a horse. Do not mm-hmm. take horse medication. Yes. That, that, was, that really summed up this whole thing because it's, it's, we're not going to debate with you. We're just going to make fun of you. Mm-hmm. you, know, you know, because if we engage with you, then we're probably going to lose so let's just throw mud on that's you just let's just
1: discredit it let's
0: just discredit let's throw mud on you it's mm-hmm. ad hominem it's like if i say something about um, you know uh, uh, um, string theory and and somebody goes well oh okay well your mom's fat you know what <laughs> i mean that's what the equi- it's the equivalent of that you know and so so to see a, a, the fda do that to me, I think that almost—if you can't see through it—that that should tell you everything you need to know about stunting the conversation and about, you know, just wanting the other side to look like idiots. Uh, then it's it's just very difficult to to bridge that gap.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we talked about the vaccine being the best weapon that we have, and we also talked about the pandemic of the unvaccinated, and even at my uh, corporate job. We were we had a meeting, a company wide meeting, about this report from the CDC or report taking countrywide showing that the unvaccinated were the ones that were getting sick more often. I I think the the pie chart had three data points, and I I spoke about that a few episodes ago. If you guys want to go back and listen to that, and, and,
0: and we noticed it very quickly that you know the the data they were including we were like well wait that's way before the vaccines were even being uptook you know we noticed it very quickly when we were mm-hmm. looking at at the uh, the charts
1: yeah my my job revolves around looking at clinical data and understanding clinical workflows so i was like hmm how did they get that data mm-hmm. <laughs> and when i asked some questions a coworker just told me go get the shot yeah so let's play this this video. So this is from mainstream media, Laura Ingram, um, talking about the pandemic of the unvaccinated.
4: A
5: pandemic
4: of the unvaccinated. We are seeing an outbreak of the
3: unvaccinated. I want to be crystal clear about what's happening in the country today. We have a pandemic of the unvaccinated.
5: OK, the echo chamber. But is that true? The Biden administration has been citing data that 99% of COVID deaths and 95% of hospitalizations are among the unvaccinated. Well, it turns out that statistic is grossly misleading, something the CDC director inadvertently admitted today. Those data were data that um, were from analyses in several states from uh, January through June and didn't reflect the data that we have now from the Delta variant. We are actively working to update those in the context of the Delta variant. Oh, really? Well, a vast majority of this country was unvaccinated, Rochelle, for the first four months of the year. Thus, the numbers would obviously skew toward those dying and hospitalized being in that category. So why is the CDC skewing the data? Joining us now is Dr. Byron Bridle, associate professor of viral immunology at the University of Gulf, who has been researching the COVID vaccine. Doctor, thank you for joining us in part two of this interview with you. Is it accurate to now call this a pandemic of the unvaccinated? Or do you think those who are vaccinated could also be contributing to the emergence of these new variants?
4: Hi, Laura, thanks for having me back. Absolutely, it's untrue uh, to be calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh, in fact, I would argue that, and it's certainly untrue, uh, the, this flipping of the messaging to to scare people into thinking that the unvaccinated are somehow driving the emergence of novel variants. This goes against every scientific principle that we understand. Uh, the reality is the nature of the vaccines that we are using right now and the way we are rolling them out are... Going to be applying the selective pressure to this virus to promote the emergence of new variants. Yes,
1: yeah, so there, there, we have it. An explanation: a little bit more of an explanation of what we're facing, and it's confusing because when you look at headlines, when you search on the internet, you get that the the unvaccinated unvaccinated are the people that are getting sick and just to share with you our listeners a little bit about the responses that i got to the questions i was asking around the pandemic the measures that we implemented how people understand what is effective what is not effective understand how the vaccines work their ingredients um how do they feel about the, their communities and the role they play in this conversation? So here are some of the responses that I got uh, from, from person, let's say, number two. My family is vaccinated, and if they indicate a, bo- a booster is available, I will get. I also am old enough to be grateful for the polio, chickenpox, measles, mumps, etc. vaccines. I think that different businesses should mandate their employees be vaccinated and am happy that our upcoming James Taylor concert, that they say bring your vaccine card or a negative test. If you don't want a vaccine, I know there are many reasons uh, people have, don't get one, but wear a mask indoors as you could pass to the more vulnerable and take tests periodically. They are not available in drugstores. Um... And this person, so I could clearly tell this person doesn't have a very good understanding of these vaccines and how they work because these vaccines or shall I say these gene therapy drugs work very differently than the traditional vaccines. Where here we have a synthetic uh, sequence that is embedded in a lipid nanoparticle that comes into the cells and gives the cell instructions to produce the spike protein, so the S1 protein, in hopes that the immune system will mount a response. Uh, The problem with that is that this is the the very first time that we have a a synthetic mRNA sequence uh, being injected in our bodies and we don't know what the long term, or even you know, the short term, we can tell. You know, there are definitely reactions um, and deaths, as we discuss. But long term, we really don't know what this experiment is going to 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 do.
0: Yeah, no, it's true, and and uh, and I do think that's a big part of this whole thing. Is is really playing up the bad experience of covid like it's this it's this uh, grim reaper that's always there you know when when it's so funny because covid or, or whatever work is covid it, you know it can be uh, sniffles for some people mm-hmm. you know and and some people are uh, adversely impacted by it some people are really adversely impacted from the flu as well mm-hmm. you know so it's just interesting because there is this fear around COVID. It's like, well, anything that we are doing to as a countermeasure, you know, even if there are bad things about it, they're not anywhere near as bad as COVID. And mm-hmm. and uh, that's yeah, real, That's really the. It's conjecture, is the, what it the is.
1: Perception that has been imprinted, I think, in all of us is that it's a horrible disease, and and we had actually. Um, the people that we interviewed say it's horrible and it's killing a lot of people when in reality, when we really look at the numbers and we actually compare it to other things like deaths from car crashes, for example, or tuberculosis that also kills millions of people worldwide, uh, heart disease. um, And also we know from uh, the COVID data, the CDC uh, even admitted that only five percent of the deaths attributed to COVID were a- actually
0: were solely COVID.
1: Solely COVID. The other ninety-five percent uh, were had co- comor- co- other diagnoses and comor- comorbidities associated to that contributed to to that death. So that was one of the the posts. I want to just share a couple more before we actually play. Uh, another um, clip from our interviews. So um, person number three said, people are curious and have compassion and also anger and fear on both sides. The problem I see is emotional agendas and opinions. Some have become violent because they don't want their children to wear masks to protect themselves and others. That is deep-seated anger that really has little to do with a simple mask. It's unfortunate that the virus has become a political and social football. It is a healthy sh- issue. When using social media to der- uh, ride and denigrate health officials, there is little room for civil discourse. Um, she, this, this person also mentioned uh, Florida, what's happening in Florida Uh, with DeSantis, and she even asked me some questions about the other side of how maybe things in Florida are being blown out of proportion due to political reasons, which I found very interesting that she she brought that point up. And she also, um, she was the, actually the first person I heard talk about uh, Texas and the headlines on uh, people being poisoned by the horse medicine. And, she, and and it's interesting that these two people uh, talked about the mask and the vaccine is simple. simple, simple. Yeah, so I thought the wording it was it was so strikingly similar that it, it took me aback a little bit, and I had uh, person number four um, when it comes to the vaccines. This this is what she had to say. She recommends people get the vaccine and states the data is pretty abundant on who is getting sick and who's not. in In that regard, she believes we also should do it for others. When asked about what measures were effective for COVID, in her opinion, she responded she didn't know because she she's not a doctor. And when asked about. Um, the vaccines and how they work the differences between them she said she did not know the difference between them um so there were definitely some some unions here within this comments um some being that they need to maybe look at our authority actually from all the comments that we read and the clip that we listened it seemed like they they don't feel like it's their place to understand the science behind what's being injected in in them because they trust they health trust, officials. They trust institutions. They trust institutions. And,
0: and uh, even though those same institutions and the uh, um, related corporate entities, you know, that are participating with them. You know, have been uh, found guilty of some of the biggest medical frauds, you know, in history, and had payouts to uh, victims that would blow your mind. We're talking billions of dollars. Um, So it's it's really intriguing to me. It's like okay, these things happen. These companies, as well as these uh, government organizations, on the
1: market that have hurt people and had to pay billions of dollars. But then all of a sudden, when it comes to producing uh, a medication which is labeled as a vaccine but really it's truly, not it's not a vaccine um then they suddenly become these these angels yeah
0: and they that you know like we're in a pandemic they would never try to take advantage mm-hmm. of the public in a pandemic you yes. know and so that's the um i, I think that is a a potential belief, but mm-hmm. I I think it's a strange belief, you know? Well,
1: I don't know that it's a belief. I, I think that the propaganda, you know, it, it has been so strong and because there's so much information, there's just X amount of time during the day and you just, you know, watch the news or look at a, at an article real quick, you're going to go straight to the headline and that's going to jump out. That's what is bold blaring on the screen. So it it does make sense to me,
0: but but what's interesting because
1: I was that person at one point.
0: But but you know when you when we look at these people, and again it's anecdotal because it's not a large number of people. But you know across four or five people, uh, it, there were very similar instances where they didn't know the specifics, or or even I, I would even say they didn't know the um, more pointed generalities. Even you know it, mm-hmm. it was really just. You know, just do it because it's your duty. Products yeah, and and and, and uh,
1: how they work.
0: Well, and so and so the intriguing thing to me is that here are people, at least most of the ones that I uh, converse with on the um, you know bodily autonomy side or the medical freedom uh, side. You know, they know things, they they understand the um, the basic uh, mechanism of how the mrna works you know and how it turns your body into a factory to produce this uh spike protein and all of that they they understand that they understand that there's never been a vaccine like this so it's just it's difficult to it's difficult for me me okay not talking about you or anybody else it's difficult for me to take people seriously who want me just to grin and bear it Mm-hmm. You know, as but opposed we to, we were
1: those people at one point. You know? Well, no, I know, but they're we also had a traumatic event that really got us to take a, a much closer look on the vaccine schedule and everything. But and you know, the but, chemicals. But but, and... but, but,
0: but to our defense, okay, let's just say this: there was nobody. There was nobody coming to us and saying, "Wake up!" There was nobody doing. Well,
1: that. maybe they were, and we just didn't see them.
0: Okay, but I'm, I think I, those the there was nobody uh, Fabi, come on, there was nobody when we were getting our our kid vet. There was nobody that came by and said, "Hey, you might want to uh, in fact, do you know who did that? It was me yeah, that did that, that okay is true. but 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 I mean, I didn't do it very forcefully, you know, and so mm-hmm. so but I mean, we had nobody I was
1: pretty I was pretty hellbent and in, into my belief when I was young of watching the commercials of vaccines, because those are legal in Brazil, that this is, this is what you do. And what a good parent, a good parent is the parent that takes their kids to the doctor and that's what the doctor says. That's how I was raised. And I think that's how most of us were raised. So it took a really traumatic event for us to wake up. And this is the reason why now, when it comes to the people I love, I am, I'm pretty vocal about it and and pushy sometimes. I have lost friendships uh, over this uh, in the past because of those very difficult discussions because it was a big trauma for me to go through uh, injuring my child, being the one that took him to the doctor and didn't do the due diligence, you know? Mm-hmm. And I completely trusted my doctor. And at the end of the day, I, I had no idea that the manufacturer had no liability if my child got injured. And it was really hard to, to... And it cost a lot of money to figure out, okay, what happened to our child? Yeah, so it's difficult to reconcile, you know, what we know now. And what we know now, we can't unknow. Uh, and it is hard when I see, you know, people who I love um not doing their due diligence uh, and not because they don't know how to do it but because it's it's not even in their minds like it wasn't in my mind you know to question and um I felt like I didn't protect in my child the way I should have and and that's on me and I have learned a lot along the way but it still doesn't change what happened So I wanted to move on, go ahead and play a a great clip from a teenager. She is a friend and she's very uh, well-spoken and just very calm. And she was so gracious to just sit down and not be afraid to speak her mind and tell us how she feels about the pandemic.
6: now that you know teenagers um at my age they don't really get sick all that much most cases and they usually they get sick but then they get over it like very few teenagers i'm not gonna say that very few teenagers die but in most cases um they just they're they're okay afterwards and so i'm more scared now of getting other people sick such as my parents and my younger sister and and stuff like that
1: okay Okay, so now you do feel very much responsible then for their health.
6: Well, um, in a way, yeah. Like, of course it's not going to be my fault if I get it, because I'm taking all the safety precautions. Mm-hmm. But I do I do feel like I do play a big part in that, especially since I'm going to school, you know. Um, I feel like I, I'm trying my best to keep my family safe, and I really hope everybody does that, to keep their family safe, along as other families safe and and and, yeah
1: now do you feel like a good diet and taking your vitamins would be a good measure to take to also if we feel responsible for other people's health that we should do so that we stay healthy so that they stay healthy
6: like if we have this certain diet if you're asking if that would affect other people
1: no like so we're saying we want to make sure we wear our mask and we mm-hmm. um, social distance and we take our shots uh, mm-hmm. because if we get sick, then we could get other people sick. Um, mm-hmm. So how about what we intake in our body and our lifestyles? Do you think that should also be a People should also consider that to keep themselves healthy because, you know, diet, mm-hmm. exercise, fresh air, sunlight, those are mm-hmm. all things that keep humans mm-hmm. healthy.
6: Yes. I mean, I feel like it really depends on the situation. If you're talking about a diet, for example, what my mom eats isn't really going to affect me. I I feel like you can do, you can, you can put things in your body. You can do, do what you want as long as it doesn't impact other people. So like going away from the example of COVID smoking, for example, you have secondhand smoking. If you, are smoking, and you see people around, I'm not going to say like, oh, stop smoking, but just be aware that those people are also intaking the smoke that's, that's near, you know. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing with with COVID. You know, if you're not taking the safety precautions, you're putting other people at risk. Mm -hmm. While if you're comparing it to a diet, or like, maybe exercise, that's, that's a you thing. And that's not really gonna affect me. And I feel like you should be able to, do, to eat whatever you want and to exercise how much you want as long as it doesn't impact me and other people, you know?
1: Yeah, so this, this friend, she is a sophomore in high school or is it junior? Yeah, I think a sophomore. Sophomore in high school. And the way I consumed what she was saying is that she does not believe She believes that the only measures for COVID are the vaccine, the mask, social distance, um, washing your hands, and, you know, what's... Getting the vaccine. Yeah, what's in every billboard everywhere, um, which is totally understandable. So I tried asking her the same question just a little differently, just to make sure that's what I was understanding. So we're just going to play that real quick.
6: You know, um, it doesn't really impact your surroundings as much as, as other situations like COVID does and taking the precautions. I, I feel like um, if you take a vitamin rather than eating an orange or a lemon or a fruit,
1: that's... Well, let's just say your... the vaccine, you take the vaccine, but mm-hmm. you still go to McDonald's every day or you're a smoker, for example and you were really not taking care of your body, and mm-hmm. you're basically trusting on one thing, but you're really not doing any health and lifestyle changes that you should just stay healthy, so that if we do believe the paradigm of, you know, germ theory, where if we get sick, we could get other people sick, um, mm. why would a vaccine be like the end-all be-all, but your diet and your lifestyle not be a consideration?
6: Mm. I mean... I feel like your whole lifestyle choices, especially when it does come to smoking or doing drugs and, and eating what you want to eat or just exercising, that is different than taking the vaccine because the vaccine isn't going to necessarily guarantee your, your becoming healthy. It's just going to help you with the COVID vaccine and with you know making sure other people don't get sick and making sure you don't get sick and you know i i just feel like that really affects other people mm-hmm. um and and you know and that people should really take that into consideration um and i do my family does and i would i would really hope that for other people as well
1: yeah so in this piece we're really Honing in into the two paradigms that we have going on, right? So there's the the germ theory camp where we believe that germs are bad and they cause disease, and there's the the terrain theory camp that believes it's not the germ but it's the terrain. The terrain meaning, you know, your body and how you take care of it, your microbiome all your systems, mind, body, spirit, you know, if they are imbalances, then you're more vulnerable to disease. And I, I think if we analyze all the comments that we talked about, we can see that there's a lot of distress of so people not trusting themselves to, to be able to break this, break all this information down, right? As far as, okay, what is going into your body? What are these measures doing? Are they actually effective or it's because there's so much repetition and because we believe our our government and our health officials, then we don't question them. And, and because questioning them also is extremely inconvenient you are extremely unpopular if you say anything that doesn't go with the narrative right we know that and so it's this situation I think the big elephant in the room when it comes to us trying to find reconciliation is that divide and conquer strategy right where we keep pointing fingers at each other like us as humans, we say, oh, yeah, the vaccines are not working because not everybody's getting the vaccine. The mask doesn't work because not everybody's wearing the mask. Um, the so- social distancing not working because, it, you know, people are not doing it. And so it's this distraction between us humans while um, there is a possibility that we're being deceived and manipulated into blaming each other versus working together and holding our health officials and our government accountable for doing their job in the interest of the people versus working in the interest and profit of big corporations. So the current experimental drugs that we're talking about, they're being marketed as safe and effective. They're also being marketed as free and available. But what we have observed is that there have been over half a million adverse reactions documented in VAERS, which is an underreported system. Based on a study that we have discussed in the other episodes, the Harvard study that found that only one percent of the reports of the reactions end up in the VAERS system, so severely underreported. So, and, and we know these vaccines, they are not free, because as we know, this operation is being funded by our tax dollars. And, and most importantly, these gene therapy drugs that they're calling vaccines, they, they're calling vaccines probably because vaccines get this, this label gets shielding, you know, under the 1986 Vaccine Act and uh, these gene therapies, farther more shielding they're getting. Uh, under EUA, under the 2005 PrEP Act, which is something we also talked about in our podcast. So these manufacturers are completely immune from any liability. They don't even stand behind their own product they don't get uh regulated but i mean i guess we can say they get regulated by the fda but it doesn't seem there's a whole lot of
0: yeah well the fda gets 75 percent of yeah. their budget from from big pharma, big pharma. So, so so
1: there you go how
0: regulated are you so, gonna be so,
1: so these are the conversations that we need to be open to talk about this is how we work together right we try to make sense do, do mask work do uh social so, social distancing work do, is this all simple the simple vaccine the simple mask i mean the cdc is even saying around mass they they just don't have the data uh leo can you play um the former head of the cdc interview in mainstream media He's being questioned about this, this issue specifically. Let's see what he has to say.
5: Now, you know, they're basically saying everybody should be masked, right? And we talked about the fact that there has been no study that would, that would back that up. Um, So the question is, and you say you did some studies then, but you did them with with dummies. Where have they been for the past, you know, ever since then? What's been going on for the past nine, ten months? Why why don't we have data rather than, as you say, just opinion that's leading this push with our schools?
4: I think it's a fair criticism, a fair criticism. You know, you you heard, I think, in the Wall Street Journal, they talked about $42 billion of NIH funding in less than... uh, uh, 2% was on COVID. I mean, these are critical questions. Uh, is routine screening twice a week in a school? Is that the real way to limit interschool school transmission? Uh, is it, um, you know, wearing mask or not wearing mask? You know, I'm of the point of view that this has to be locally decided uh, as opposed to a general mandate, uh, particularly in the absence of data. But you know, I've said before, I do believe that masks are better than having received a vaccine that didn't work in you. But that's not to say that I'm convinced that we can make yeah. the statements that the best way to protect kids in school is, uh, as some has advocated, yeah. universal masking. I think maybe better ventilation, maybe better desanitation, maybe routine testing twice a week to identify silent epidemic, maybe reinforcing in parents that they don't send their kids to school if they're sick and they don't send them to school if their siblings are sick.
5: So do you think the current CDC rule that all kids should wear masks, you're saying that the current CDC is wrong on this issue?
4: I'm saying that I haven't been able to review data that supports that recommendation. Okay.
1: So there you go. He hasn't been able to see data that supports that recommendation. So there you have it. Our CDC doing a fantastic job. So, but I wanted to just play real quick the final thoughts of our friends that have been so gracious to meet with us and basically speak openly with their hearts open. And I'm so grateful for all the friends that actually gave us some insights of what's happening on the other side of the debate, not from uh, social media or not from uh, mainstream media, but you know, real people
0: Well, uh- having
1: conversations.
0: You know, one thing that in the the previous iterations of our recording, you know, that we we made very apparent was that, you know, the intention of all these individuals is spot on, right? You know, their intention is sparing lives. It is, uh, you know, that they want the the best for humanity.
1: And their communities, they care, they find ways to serve, and you're going to hear that on their final thoughts here. We're going to play their final thoughts kind of back to back. Is there anything that you want to tell people? They are debating; they're not sure to get it if they get it or not get it. Do you have a message for the for them?
2: Uh, you know, uh, I I think this pandemic taught me to care about other people, and mm-hmm. um, I would say that if we are in a position to help those people, people who are uh, needy and underserved and help them the way in any way we can. Giving money, uh, telling them if they get vaccinated or um, doing something. And I started doing more for other people in Mm -hmm. any way I could. I I don't want this to be like I'm bragging. (laughs) But I I just, we have a we have a a duty with our brothers and sisters and being a, a person who i'm a christian uh i i truly believe that this is a the best best time for us to prove that we love each other
0: you know i remember the first time we played that i think i was inferring okay the way we prove to each other that we love each other is is to get the vaccine but but i think you had pointed out, well, that may not be what she was saying.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know? kind of how we consumed it, because she did explain that she was full aware that the drug was experimental, and she even said she had a reaction herself, and she had some problems with it for uh, a... A month, kind yeah. Of a Yeah, extended period of time, but she also shared that, you know, if you do get the vaccine and you do have a reaction in her view you were helping the manufacturers make a better product um now i'm not sure if she, she did say that she did not know of theirs was and and there's a couple different ways to report it and i think you can just go to your doctor and say hey i got the shot and i had i felt this way after and then
0: you're kind of counting on them to submit a VAERS yeah, report yeah and
1: then they get, you could submit it submitted one too, but uh, there, there's also the vaccine data link, I think, that they report to and um, there might be another avenue. But I, I do not know if she did report that or not. I'm not sure about that. But from what we, we took is that she does recommend the vaccines, and we, and we wanted to put this here on the show because she was very sincere in her belief and sincere in helping her community.
0: Well, and, and she mentioned the word duty. And, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting word choice because I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, we, we don't use that word. But, I mean, I think that we we definitely feel that word when we think about, you know, like what we do on this podcast. And, and we believe it's our duty to understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, where people say, oh, it's too complicated. You, you, you can't understand the science. You haven't gone to the school to do that. You know, I, I mean, first of all, I would – Beg to differ there you know what i mean i i just i may not have somebody who's who's um, you know rubber stamp me with a degree or something but i mean i i think i can understand very complex uh um situations and, and processes and stuff like that i i don't have an issue with that um but but i i i think that that uh uh you know we're giving away that power, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we think that's our duty. So yeah. we're both going after duty. Yeah, we're just we just think the duty is something different. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's intriguing.
1: Yeah. So let's play our young ladies' final thoughts. Okay. If you were talking to a person that either didn't want to get the vaccine or, um wasn't sure you know like if you have a friend that one friend that doesn't get it where you're coming from what and and they just let you say whatever you wanted to them what would you tell them
6: (laughs) well I would tell them that you know um it's it I think it's important to take the vaccine um because it will really help us move along with this pandemic and you know get us back to normal life um you know, uh, I would I would tell them how important it is for them to get this vaccine in order to make sure other people don't get sick and so that they don't get sick because everything that comes with COVID is absolutely terrible and that I don't think they want to, you know, go through that and I don't think they want any other people go through that because of them and that, it, you know, there's a lot going on in the world that is a consequence to COVID, you know, there are borders shut. I haven't been able to, you know, see my family in a very long time because the borders are shut and a lot of people are experiencing that. And um, I would just tell them how important it is to me. And, you know, they can form their own opinion about it and if it will truly help them, but that it, you know, we, we must think about the world and our community not only us. Of course, like most of the times we are our first priority, but this is something that can be solved, that can't be solved if we don't all come together and kind of decide that we are truly going to finish this and and get rid of, not get rid of this virus, but put a stop to it, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so wise wise words words. were coming from... We're coming from different perspectives, but honestly, we just want to take care of each other, we, us to take care of each other, work together, right? Well, I mean, she,
0: she says come together. Yeah. And, and, and I think that it's interesting because when I hear it, it's like, okay, well, it's like we want to come together on the narrative, okay? But then there's this, we've talked about the elephant in the room, which is all mm-hmm. this information that we have,
3: mm-hmm. okay,
0: that doesn't fit. Yeah. It's the nuance that doesn't fit. But instead of saying, okay, look, we're going to hash out that information that you have,
4: mm-hmm.
2: okay?
0: We're going to hash it out. We're going to really look at it deeply. We're just going to ignore it. We're going to censor it. We're going to uh, not let yeah. the videos about it be put up. Mm-hmm. So, how does that push coming together? How does it do that? You know, I would be perfectly uh, willing to admit. That because certainly we've talked about things on this podcast. Some of them are, are somewhat speculative, mm-hmm. you know. Certainly we Yeah, certainly we've done that, and I am perfectly fine with with data, you know, coming out and saying, okay, look, well, this is why we know this isn't true. Mm-hmm. But let's have that in the public forum.
1: Yeah,
0: and put and, our egos aside. Yeah, even you know, instead of and mu-
1: open our hearts and be inquisitive.
0: Instead of muting half of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and just saying, take your medicine. You know that does I, I guess that's where it's just hard to, it's hard to see the come together notion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and I wanted to talk just a final thought about giving our power away and not feeling competent and not feeling like experts or not feeling like it's our job to understand how these drugs work or how these measures work or how people came up with these measures. Because we are no experts, right? Um, So there is something called informed consent, and this has been talked a lot lately surrounding vaccinations in general, but this vaccine specifically, and When you go have a medical procedure, right, if people have had a surgery before, you know, they get a form that they have to sign that explains to them, okay, what the procedure is, the risks, the benefits. Um, So, you know, your physician is supposed to actually be giving you this information before you undergo a procedure. So there was an article I ran across, um, called Experimental Vaccines Required Informed Consent. This article actually had a video in it uh, with a couple doctors, and this video was completely censored. So you can even see what these doctors said. But the article had pretty good information. So just to explain, we have talked about informed consent in the past and other episodes, but I felt it was very important to talk about it in this episode. So the article says, the vast majority of people were simply not being given the opportunity to exercise this right, the informed consent right, that is a foundational principle of medical ethics and central to the concept of patient autonomy. Most people likely don't even know what information they should be able to receive prior to vaccination. Information that should be freely communicated includes the fact that the vaccines are experimental and unproven. Those considering giving consent should be told about the vaccine's reliance on synthetic biology that has never been tested at scale. But it also includes information on known risks and benefits from Phase 3 trials, and that these trials are still underway and some won't be completed for over 18 months. They're supposed to be completed here on uh, January 31st, 2023 for Pfizer mRNA vaccines, for example. But simply without vaccine transparency, informed consent is just not possible. The very least we should expect is that every person gets to read the product information leaflet agreed between vaccine uh, makers and regulators before giving their consent. Even this isn't happening where the information is being given. given. It's often being handed to people as a passing gesture, a formality after vaccination. The three prerequisites for informed consent, and this is really important. For consent to be valid, you need three things. It must be given voluntarily without coercion or deceit. It must be given by an individual who has mental capacity. And third thing, before giving consent, a person needs to have been fully informed about the issue. That includes being informed about what the risks and the benefits of the treatment or vaccination are, as well as the risks and benefits of going going without the treatment or vaccination, and what alternate options might be available.
0: Yeah, that's good. I, I uh, We have talked about informed consent a lot, but we haven't outlined it fully. That's mm-hmm. actually a very good description.
1: Yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you're not sure, and you've been hearing the mantra, safe and effective, uh, free and available, um, and you don't feel like you you know, you are an expert, you even understand, like uh, one of the, the people told us, well, even if I read the ingredients of the vaccine, I wouldn't know what they were. So what what's the point, right? And, and I agree, but you do have this little thing, this pesky thing <laughs> called informed consent, right? The pesky thing to the manufacturers probably, that's informed consent, that you need to be given information before you fully Agree to being part of this experiment, and agree to being part of any medical procedure. So yeah, I said my piece. Said- <laughs> <laughs> so All now, right. do you have any final thoughts, Leo? Before we actually, we want to end with uh, an inspirational video. Well, I mean,
0: I. I really want to thank these people for participating and I uh, uh, I learned some things you know in the and, and uh, wh- what I learned is that um, you know they're they're very passionate you mm-hmm. know ab- about what they yeah. believe
1: they're very passionate about their families about their communities
0: uh, but I but I will say my assessment and this is my my psychology 101 you know it, it's worth the, the the paper it's printed on right but mm-hmm. but uh, um is that it's all based on belief given by authority. Mm-hmm. You know, beliefs are created in many different ways. I was trying to find this this uh, paper I had. I, I got a certification in counseling, and, and uh, they talked about how beliefs form. And you know, one of it is you know it's handed down from an authority. Another one is that it's through direct experience. Another one is that it's uh, from Repetition? Con- well, it's from consensus, oh, consensus you know, and right. things like that. Yeah. So so uh, uh, there were like six or seven different ways beliefs are created, and 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 I would say that that. Uh, you know, it's probably a little bit of a mix of perceived consensus mm-hmm. because of what's shown in the media and then also just straight authority, right? They believe in institutions and institutions are saying this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when we dig in, there isn't a lot of meat there, you know? And and unfortunately, it's like, if I have a lot of meat and, and they don't, then I don't know what I'm I don't know what to do with all this information. You know what I mean? It's like you you just sweep it under the rug. You just say, "Oh, look, it's it's not important." Again, I say it's the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. If we're willing to, you know, uh, uh, really chop that information up and and consume it and and come to terms with it, I think I would be good with the outcome. But it's the manipulation and the reason we're not allowed to have that conversation which just points to me that i don't know how to get to that other side Mm -hmm. but but i will say that i believe that they're Mm well-intentioned
3: and i believe
0: that they want the best for humanity Mm -hmm. i i I just question where the belief is created you know Mm -hmm. from that authority
1: yeah well let's play our our ending inspirational video before we end the season and take a very well-deserved pause.
0: <laughs> so that's the Dell clip, right? Yes. All right, here we go.
1: It's a, it's the Texas Rally.
0: All right, here we go. Dell, Big Tree from they the They had a couple
1: weeks ago, yeah. Oh, say can
4: you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed that's why lights last gleaming. Look around you for red shirts to say Texans for vaccine choice. I just want to warn you, those people are super spreaders
6: of liberty. I'm just a mom and like you, I'm here to fight like hell for my children.
4: We now recognize what it truly means to be free. We know what it means to have it taken away and we know how to get it back.
2: I think that every parent should stand up and fight for their kid's future. So if everyone, each of us does that, we'll make a difference.
1: I'm slowly getting louder and bolder because um, our freedoms are on the line and that's, that's not okay. I just want the freedom to choose, that's it.
6: We all understand that there's a lot of people in the community that are just deaf. They're blind and deaf and they don't see what's going on.
3: They need the fear to divide us fear is the virus
4: joe biden in this administration our department of justice has just essentially labeled anybody that questions our government that dissents against the decisions that are made by our government can now be considered a terrorist
1: I work in the OR every single day um, I see patients and how nurses are treating patients now who aren't vaccinated. You can't sit there and discriminate against your patients, that's not why I got in healthcare. I will get out of healthcare if it continues to be that way.
5: When they first started bribing us with money to take this shot, then they wanted to fire us because we couldn't, we didn't want to take the shot. My CEO literally looked at me in the face and he said, y'all are all replaceable. If you don't like what you're doing, you can leave. We will find someone to fill your spot. So now we are all standing up, fighting back, and we were the first ones to create this domino effect.
1: Now it's spreading across the whole nation. As of this week, my practice has treated approximately 1,200 acutely ill patients, as old as 98 years old. We have less than 20 hospitalizations and zero deaths for patients we have tools to address it why isn't this information spreading like fire
2: let's
4: take a few moments of silence for those who have lost children and loved ones as a result of this vaccine I'm here excuse me, to speak about my son he was a wonderful kid my son received the vaccine and he died a few days later the only explanation that was given to me was enlarged heart So I have anything to say to anybody look down, your child it's not worth the risk I mean you see your baby right now you might not see your baby tomorrow I have to live with that the rest of my life I love the hell out of my country but I don't trust my government
3: anymore Vaccine mandates are about the most un-American thing I could possibly think of, not to mention a violation of the Nuremberg Code. We have to all stand up and say no.
1: My daughter has had a lot of health issues, and this vaccine could really negatively affect her and harm her.
6: I'm here because my husband was a doctor at Darnell Army Hospital, and he had a forced Tdap vaccine almost exactly two years ago that attacked his brain brainstem and
1: spinal cord leaving him permanently disabled I had an
5: allergic reaction to the flu shot probably almost about 10 years ago which really opened my eyes
1: my polio vaccination did that to my leg eat all the fatty tissue in my left upper thigh and that was from a vaccine that's been around for 40
3: years if you took the vaccine that's your right I'm not a hypocrite but hell will freeze over you make me get anything you're tyrants Thank you for being so out of touch with humanity that you say and do things that give yourself away. Thank you for declaring liquor stores and McDonald's essential while closing our gyms and houses where we pray. And thank you to the media for your daily lies and deceit. Because of you, this is a history that we the people shall never repeat.
5: And I think in no time in history have I seen this amount of people and this amount of support rallied behind this cause.
2: When government starts to kind of co-parent with us, that's not OK, because we don't co-parent with the government.
5: We came down here today to support our freedoms here in the United States, to make our own medical choices and make sure our rights are not taken away from us.
1: We are in the last resort. If you lose this battle, if you
5: lose Texas, I promise you, you'd lose the entire country.
3: If you are a doctor, a nurse, a respiratory therapist, a nuclear technologist. If you work in the cafeteria, if you clean the toilets, if you are security, if you are administration, strike. Rather than waiting for them to strike at you and threaten your job, go on strike. Do not trust your government. They do not have your best interests at heart. Understand that the fight is local. Your county commissioner, your county judge, Your mayor, that's where they win the battle. Take back the local community. Dear Tyrants, just one more thing. We the people have rebranded your agenda. The Great Reset is now the Great Awakening. When we leave here today,
4: we are not the minority. We are the majority. We are the United States of America and we are fighting for freedom freedom
1: freedom
4: freedom freedom
5: freedom freedom, freedom! freedom! freedom!
0: All right. Yeah, it's a great way to send us out on our 30th episode here, end of season three. want to thank everybody for listening this last season and in past seasons and know that we'll be back after a few weeks. Uh, We're we'll going a little bit of hiatus. We're doing a little bit of travel and uh, hopefully there'll be no news. <laughs> that'll happen in that time and then uh, but you know, stay
1: connected in our telegram group yeah
0: that's true we're always talking in the telegram group some days are more busy than others but uh, jump in there if you want at the collective resistance podcast and uh that's it for season three episode 30 fabi what do you want to tell everybody
1: hey everybody thank you so much stay healthy stay safe stay curious